Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on April 26, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat with us here today. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the lore book Trials and Tribulations. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. And this this the blah, blah, blah. this is early morning green-eyed music lover without much coffee in her, so words are hard. <laughs> Hi everyone, nice. this is Kaz PhD. <laughs> nice, yeah. yeah. So usual introductory question for you, Kaz. Where can we find you out on the internet? Uh best place, Twitch. Uh, I stream most nights, Kaz underscore PhD. I'm usually there between 4 and 7 p.m. Eastern time. Nice. So I have a question. It's kind of my general question for everybody, but what is your favorite lore slash story in Destiny? Like what got you kind of interested in it? Or even if it wasn't the thing that got you interested in it, what's your favorite of all time? Yeah, I've been I've been trying to prepare for this question. Um, hard to narrow it down. Yeah. I think uh, I think... You know, I don't know if I'm allowed uh, a multi-part answer, but if I had to pick one right now, it would be Accolades with uh, Saint-14. Okay. Um, I really like, I, I like the the humanistic, the story of heroism. Um, there's a lot of great, you know, sci-fi fantasy elements of, of Destiny's lore, but it was really great to see something that focused on a hero and the people that they were saving. I thought... Mm-hmm. Out of Destiny deals with these esoteric concepts, and it was nice to say, okay, but you're actually helping people, not just people far away in the last city you never see, but people you interact with. So, yeah, I think that recently that's been one of my favorites. Nice. So that's kind of more along the lines of what Blue tends to like when it comes to the story, just having not necessarily a redeeming story, but more of just people being good because they want to be good, not because they're trying to be this bad boy or trying to fight the darkness with darkness type thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's a respect for all spectrum, you know, whether you're, you're choosing light only dark, only a bit of a mix, as long as you're doing it for good. But yeah, it was, it was refreshing to see that. I mean, we, we've been all building our perfect monster killers, but it was nice to see someone say, I'm here to protect people. That's what I'm doing. So I really like that example. I like it. 
So what actually got you into lore exploration, since that one's a fairly new one? I imagine mm-hmm. you've been into it for a while. Yeah, um, basically, just before um, The Taken King, I started playing. And uh, uh, like many people, I think, I, I after shooting a bunch of stuff and punching a bunch of stuff, I realized I have no idea what I'm doing or why. And mm-hmm. when I started looking into the, you know, the backstory and the lore, I thought... Why is why am I not seeing this? What this is amazing, you know, mm-hmm. all these concepts. So yeah, I, I guess just the idea of you know a post-apocalyptic scenario that combines so many genres. I'm always fascinated that you can have a western and a you know an alien themed kind of uh, universe going on at the same time, perfectly fluid. Uh, and then of course with with the Taken King, you get all these concepts of throne worlds and and uh, you know the other dimensions and things like that. So the, I I guess like many, maybe not the the most intriguing answer, but just the, the depths of the enemies that we're fighting um, and the concepts we're dealing with that, that brings me back into the lore time and time again. I do love how for the majority of the enemies we deal with, they're just, they're just trying to survive in their own way and expand in their own way. And it's really nice to be able to see especially with the Elixne, like the Elixne ones, mm-hmm. those stories really, really get to me because they're just, uh, they're just like us in a lot of ways. And it's really refreshing to see that. Of course, then you have things like the Vex where it's just like, you don't exactly have any sort of motive. It's just expansion and mm. trying to find that perfect equation to the end. But it's, it's interesting from the sociological perspective, as well as the psychological perspective for all these different, enemy classes as well as our our guardians and tower npcs civilians and whatnot and what their motivations are i guess so we're recording this on sunday april 26th for where we're at and i guess it is this 26th for you as well since you were across the pond um it is very I feel like this is a slightly more intense question than it normally is. And I am sorry for that, but what <laughs> class do you play? <laughs> Drama in the destiny community. No, right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, I primarily play Titan. Um, nice. if you want to boil my in-game personality down to, uh, a character, it would be captain America. I play Sentinel Titan. Most of the time I seem to like stories of heroism um, but do you yell aside at from that language, <laughs> actually I do. Um, when, <laughs> when I'm streaming, I usually, I usually try to roll it back a little bit, you know, try to keep it a bit PG 13 on the stream. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's I should awesome. start saying that <laughs> language. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, no, I mean, I, I primarily like 99% of the time I'm playing Titan. Nice. Uh, I sometimes play a warlock. My fiance actually has, her titan on my account and i just don't have the heart to delete it even though i don't think she'll ever play anymore um she got through the first part of you know the first 20 levels in destiny one and carried her character over i don't play a hunter in destiny two but i do want to make a statement here for for those out there despite the fact that this is basically a class you know competition i mean I've said it. I've said it all over the place. Warlocks and hunters and titans all have saved my butt on countless occasions. So oh, yeah. I have no, I have no beef with any of them. And I hope that you know the 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 most active wins, and those who don't win, I hope they have a good time. Yep, 
I think that's the safest way to go at this point. <laughs> and it's it's interesting that you mentioned your subclass because that's we were talk if you talk about the the choices of what kind of personality you would run in game it seems like there's such an archetype for each of the subclasses as well as just the overarching class. Cause you mentioned punching earlier. I was like, okay, I bet he's a Titan main <laughs> comes up that you actually are. And the fact that you identify so strongly with like the St. 14 type story and the Sentinels subclass in the protector, it is kind of nice to just be like, okay, he's not a striker Titan. I can relax. <laughs> I don't have to worry yeah. about getting, shoulder charged in the face every three seconds <laughs> yeah he's not uh standing at the back of the map with uh you know uh 30 second hammers raining fire over <laughs> oh your spine my gosh. Or, yeah. or throwing that throwing that mini hammer just off my forehead every two seconds yeah no i mean i really do lean into that archetype uh i love code of the commander big banner shield even if people aren't shooting through it just protecting them from damage is just a lot of fun um, and you know, I'll recently go back to, to go to striker or something. It is, I have to admit, it is very easy to make laurels in guardian games with, uh, with a Titan, especially oh, yeah. with, you know, shoulder charging and getting it back infinitely. It's, it's crazy. I do yeah. like that as well. When you can kind of, kind of pinpoint what maybe if not what entirely the player is like, at least what they're like right now based mm-hmm. on their subclass. It's like, oh, he's golden gun. So he's, you know, or, oh, he's, uh, is it top tree uh, night stalker that lets you go invisible? Um, yeah, top and bottom do it. They just do it differently. So mm, top top yeah. tree is the one you'll see more often. Yeah, so I, I like Guilty. that too. I, I like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, carrying that into the game. And I mean, you know, it, it, makes another another little connection you see what your teammates are doing you know what they're you know what they're going for um but it also uh yeah it's also something to watch out for when you're in the crucible right absolutely (laughs) absolutely i think the hunter class you were talking about the easy way to make laurels with titans being the striker shoulder charge hunters have something very similar that they can do right now in the middle no not middle tree top tree arc strider and liar's handshake you can dodge and punch continuously oh, that's for awesome. it yeah so i can make laurels pretty stinking quick that direction and it's how i prefer to play this game at the moment <laughs> even so, though i'm not an arc strider so thought experiment right you're an elixir everyone in the universe now calls you a fallen your whole civilization has been destroyed you make your way to this measly blue and green rock out in the, some other system begging that the machine god will uh you know will take you in once more and in comes this caped twirly small (laughs) fragile thing who's doing barrel rolls and then punching you in the gut and then doing barrel rolls and punching Uh you in the gut and then just running away (laughs) yeah what what an existence right i just i mean barrel roll right i just want to have that like little emote or that little audio clip just to kind of happen all the time but the problem is is it would just be a continuous do it do a, do a. yeah or just just from galaxy quest you know does the rolling help yeah it really does it does and it's one of those things like you learn you learn it because you're trying to solo shattered throat and then you realize much later how much more powerful it is like i did an entire an entire forge yesterday 
just dodge and punch and I didn't use a single bullet the entire match. Like I just continually <laughs> dodged him the entire yeah, thing. You and I were talking about that last night. I was like, mm-hmm. I was running strikes and I was like, cause I'm terrible at paying attention to strategies. I'll, I'll just be completely transparent on that one. Cause I, I usually message her <laughs> and she's like, yeah, we know we've been doing that. I was like, well, I didn't know that, but I did strikes last night. Just was just running strikes while I was editing, editing some of the other podcasts. And I was like, holy <laughs> there are so many hundred my my little uh tracker off to the side was just like the entire time was just going to take a ticket 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 and i was like oh okay this is how people are doing this so crazy question and this one is actually a question that i'm trying to remember who asked me i want to say it was on man at arm stream but i thought it's actually a fairly and i've seen it on reddit and it's a fairly deep question for a crazy question with the limitations of the programming and the platforms in which Destiny is currently on, there's talk within the community, it may not actually be a thing, but there's talk within the community of them making a destination disappear in-game in order to free up some space within the programming. If you had to choose any place to get rid of in D2, what would you choose? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. I've been seeing some of that myself, right? When we were looking at the uh, the pace of those uh, pyramid ships, um, a lot of people default to Titan. I would probably, it's a tough one. I would say IO. And okay. The reason why is there's three things on IO that depending on how you care about, you'll care about. There's the Pyramidian, the Whisper Mission, and Asher Mir. Asher Mir can move. <laughs> Yeah, the Pyramidian, we've already seen that there are multiple entrances into the Pyramidian space. So I don't think you would have much of a problem if you just, you know, didn't take that one. Mm-hmm. Whisper is a great quest. I don't want it removed. I would love for it to be accessible somewhere else. And given the timey wiminess of the Vex, I'm sure that would be possible. Mm-hmm. I, I choose IO to be removed over Titan because there's still so much to explore on Titan. It's supposed to be humanity's, you know, second uh, cradle, I guess. And the arcology is such a great space. Um, I've seen just as many Reddit posts asking for a dungeon or something in the arcology. And uh, I don't know, maybe it would be, you know, poetic justice for it to go away, hit a hit a, a, a second or a third collapse on Titan. You know, you guys talked about Kraken Mari a few you know, month ago or something, but mm-hmm. uh yeah, I think I think Io is the most desolate. Nessus is a beautiful world. I, I just like it. I, I you could probably make some of the same arguments with Nessus that there's not much there. Just somehow move the majority of fail, uh, failsafe. But I think Io is the most bleak, and there's not really a lot there, and we could probably do without it. Okay, Blue. Do you, you have guys? any? Do you have any suggestions on it? Um, I actually. I agree with that to a degree. I think if they are going to remove something, the only thing that stands out to me that can that I keep like mentally coming back to is the sudden interest and sudden focus on um, Titan's collapse with the most recent cutscene with Zavala. So mm-hmm. like thematically, um, just from like a from like a thematic story point, if they were going to remove something, I could see them doing that as like a hint to take out Titan just just because, you know, exactly what you were saying. 
Um, mm. We've already had an incident where Titan got nearly destroyed, and then we have the cutscene where Zavala's ghost gets all uh, bugged out and starts doing the distress call from Titan. And that didn't like honestly like I I've been sitting here and I'm like that doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me why that that particular message was played back through the ghost. So like that's how I would see it. I'm like I'm maybe that was a hint that that was going to get it. But um I mean yeah I mean I don't know like there's there's so because... much there's so much potential on you know not just not just Titan. Oh, I mean, sure. Titan definitely has more potential i think I, I i agree with that part but io also i would say there's there's some stuff there that could definitely be my, my problem with the asher thing is is that within the lore we have uh asher actually calling out the fact that he's terrified to fly because he doesn't he doesn't know if his ghost can resurrect him so he True. has this huge yeah. issue with mortality going on um which I mean, that being said, that could be, you know, a, a push to develop his character. Here's a, a one a location that most people actually forget about. Like everyone's like rags on Titan because right now there's it doesn't seem like there's a lot going on there. But as far as story wise, there's a ton going on. But a location where people go to fairly often for one reason and one reason only that's been around since Forsaken that don't know if there's really a whole lot of story left in that area and that's the tangled shore mm-hmm. that's we very could get true. rid of we could get rid of tangled shore at this point because the only well, thing that we have going on there exactly the only thing mm-hmm. we have there are the the scorn quote-unquote home base and the scorn missions but there's not there's not a whole lot of story tied up in tangled shore it could easily get put aside i think and just be like hey yeah we have a contingency there working there to keep the scorn levels down and you just have to deal with them in different areas on the, on the map. They end up showing up somewhere else possibly, or just deal with them in Gambit, I guess, but Tangled Shore could disappear. I mean, a good, uh, you know, to add on to that, how many times have you gone to Socrates cut the Northern part? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you've gone to four horn Gulch, but have you gone beyond it? Like where we started on the Tangled Shore? There's so much, Mm -hmm. There's like a plane that's out there and other than collectibles, there's nothing out there. So yeah, it could be, could be fuel for that argument, I guess. Absolutely. Okay. I think that's some really, really kind of neat conversation to get into. Cause if they do any sort of removal of things, it's going to change the landscape pretty drastically, no matter which location they decide to go with. If mm. Nessus gets completely eaten by the Leviathan, what happens to Failsafe and her story? Tangled Shore, you have the gateway into Dreaming City there with the, that uh, that gatehouse. There's lots of uh, lots of things that to take into account when you're deciding this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, we should it's just get rid a... of the last city. No, <laughs> I will prove, punch prove, you. Prove Dead Orbit right. Let's go. I, I mean, we've never even been hands. there, right? It could be just a an elaborate hologram underneath the traveler. Oh no! I'm going to punch <laughs> both of you. Trust me, I am on your side. I yeah. want to go there so badly. I mean, I was mad that you could only sit there for a short time during what was that Solstice of Heroes, where you could mm. go to like like the the halls of justice or whatever it was. That was really cool, but 
yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if we'll we'll get there. But I, I like balancing those thoughts of both um, story as well as the mechanics of the game. Right? Because when I, yeah. yeah, because when I thought of it, I was thinking like, you know, what can you get rid of? What can you not? And we have to be aware of new light and and all the content and yeah, Tangled Shore is another one that could be interesting. Maybe the you know the the scorn could easily move. They're they're you know they're swarming everywhere, so that's fine. Spider could easily manipulate somebody else's back, you know, backyard or whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he, yeah, maybe. Or else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's, I, I do hope that we see changes like that. And I know it's tough depending on if you're a, a dedicated player or not to come into a game that changes, but uh, I think it would be, it would be great for the story and healthy for the game. If uh, the universe changed in, significant ways like that you know from time to time yeah i had a i had seen a post this morning as a matter of fact about how somebody was arguing that in the game we really haven't had any major major shifts in any particular location for a while and the fact that the tower has not been rebuilt after all yeah. of this time really bugs them <laughs> yeah i mean like eh. we could build a but- but we can rebuild a Vex radio dish in a, in three months, but we can't rebuild the tower in two years, right? Well, but just to just to counter argue is it's not that the tower hasn't been rebuilt that we know of. It could have been rebuilt, and we're just staying at the one that we're at. Staying at the Holiday Inn, guys. <laughs> Listen, if you downgrade and then get used to the downgrade, is it still a downgrade? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it still is. And actually, I think you're right. I think the because I think the theory right now is that the tower that you see in construction off to the, what is it, to the left? Mm-hmm. I, think I think the theory is, is that that is the tower that got initially destroyed. This, yeah, I don't know. Blue, do we, do we have any show notes or announcements? I know I see it struck out on our show notes. No, yeah. At this, uh, at this time, I don't. I don't. Um, uh, usually, I, I will probably say at this point with the with how we have managed to get the show ahead of everything, we probably would direct people to Twitter or discord. Um, just because the, uh, that'll probably be a more recent, uh, feed. Cause, um, once this starts going live, like you had, you had, I think you had mentioned this on the show. Uh, I can't remember if you mentioned it on the show or before the recording started, um, but we'll be about three weeks ahead. So I just want to make sure to, if you're not already following us on Twitter or if you're not in the discord, um, that'll probably be the better way to get updates on anything that's happening. That is definitely the way to get updates on when we do live streaming of the episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know yet if there's another way to, to communicate to people, but we'll probably be exploring that if we can consistently keep ahead of ourselves. Cause you know, obviously, by the time you hear this, this would probably already been posted on Twitter. So, yeah, yep. that's that's my special announcement. I guess is just a reminder if you're not if you're not following us on Twitter or if you're not in the Discord, that is probably going to be better places to see what's going on uh, with the team. Absolutely, yeah, that's, that's all I got. All right. Well, should we kind of dive into the basic introduction of what's going on in Trials and Tribulation? Yes. I think Yes. You I yeah, think sure. you were very excited to get into this, so 
I like this book. This gonna is gonna actually get, one of just my gonna favorite books. Get out of her way and, and let I, her go. <laughs> it's one of my favorite books that we've actually gotten the, in probably like the last six months because there's so many little tidbits and anytime it has any music thing related to it, you know, I'm going to go a little a nutty and it's just so good. It's so good. Okay. So cocktail knowledge on trials and tribulations. Trials and tribulations is a book primarily consisting of brother Vance and his story of how he came to be in charge of the trials map and the trials uh, tournament back in D1. There are quite a few different characters that are involved with this that you see throughout the book, but it primarily follows Brother Vance. There is a uh, showing from Osiris as well as Mara as far as major characters, but there are a lot of secondary characters that are important. Uh, Let's see here. The first one, and I'm just going to kind of run down the list for those of you who are also in the show notes. If you guys have not seen that link we can put that back into chat for that, for the live chat. You guys can follow along. Part of me wants to be like a teacher and be like, okay, put your finger at the beginning of it and just follow along in chat. But no, you guys are much smarter than that. But Sister Feora. Sister Feora is, if you think of him as more of an order, like you have an order of nuns, Sister Feora is the Mother Superior of this group. She is sister superior of the Disciples of Osiris. We have seen her a few other times in lore and she is the first, she is among the first to arrive on Mercury following the warlock departure from the city, the warlock being Osiris and one of the more outspoken about her feelings towards the animosity of the Vanguard or I guess her perceived animosity of the Vanguard. From there we get Brother Vance shows up he, yes, he is already blind by the time he is on Mercury that we know of. And he is a disciple at this point, kind of a quote-unquote more lower on the totem pole disciple. He gets his, put into his place a little bit by Sister Feora, which is kind of funny and nice. Uh, I don't know how... Cheska, that's how you're... Is that how it's actually Cheska, pronounced? Yeah. I, that's mm-hmm. how that's the nickname that's given to it in the okay. in the book is Cheska. It's I think it's actually uh, CH35KA yeah. which is really annoying because it doesn't follow the theme of any of the other frames but whatever. Oh, follow. I mean it, we've seen that kind of uh naming convention before but not with frames but with Trevor. Yeah. Well, true. I guess that's that true. Is- terrifying thought that the the frame that is working but with them i guess my, is, my problem is is that all the other regex that we do know follow the logic of the frames in general like they tend to be i think mm-hmm. what is it 9940s um because mm-hmm. like you have Site and uh dahlia and all of them they all have the 9940 designation so it's just like it was just one of those things where i was like uh <laughs> i do it's not a big bone but i was just like oh man Speaking. It's just like it's just like when somebody has like one of those really uh, hipster names. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah. How do you spell that again? Candace <laughs> with a Q. Candace with a Q. Yes. <laughs> Jessica with a with a with, with a, a three <laughs> or something. I don't know. It's the, so what are you Ches- talking about? You know what's nice about Cheska is the fact that I, this is not going to be rag on Brother Vance, but it's kind of going to be rag on Brother Vance episode. 
um, because Cheska also basically gets mad at Brother Vance for <laughs> a lot of things that he's doing. So um, the, even the frames are mad at him, guys. Like, this is a thing. Why the frames are mad, it's just, we'll get into why. It's just like, oh my god, dude. Like, no one likes you. You are that frat boy that got way too involved with the just the system and like I'm gonna get everybody involved in the group and nobody likes you. Just go home. Nobody likes you. <laughs> so you have Sister Fiora, Brother Vance, Cheska, Osiris does show up later in the book, as well as Segura. So not really a whole lot of introduction needed for those two. Then you get the different warlock sisters. You have Liana, who is one of the original warlock sisters to follow Osiris to Mercury, noted as carrying the scent of ozone and tang, which if you have listened to the episode with Taylor B, there's an interesting theory about that. Um, <laughs> tang being in, like, I don't know why she would bathe in the scent of tang, like the juice, the really, really cheap juice that was used as an orange drink. For astronauts? <laughs> yeah. But he has that little theory that that is indeed something that is happening. <laughs> and Tang is in destiny. And it, was it is a beautiful, the drink. Man, that was a beautiful like segue of his. That, that was the only reason I think ultimately oh, I wasn't I upset. Was I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm following, I'm following. And he's like, and then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, that was, he set it up perfectly. He I, set it, it up. Wonderfully set up. Oh, yeah. that cracked me up. So uh, her death led to the experiments, uh, the trials experiments, which is noted later that she came to doubt Vance's work similar to Mara's and Osiris's. So it was her death that triggered the first tone that Brother Vance heard and led to them developing this whole tournament as a ruse to get people to kill each other in front of these lighthouses to see if there's more interaction that way between the lighthouses and guardians mm -hmm. and then you have aramic the other warlock sister noted as carrying the scent of warmth how that smells is it cinnamon is it patchouli is it something that you don't want to smell like the warmth of the stench of body i don't know i'm getting real dark it's morning i have had a cup of half a coffee and it's getting real dark <laughs> and if it's supposed to be something nice like sunshine how could you tell on mercury right everybody <laughs> smells it's like warmth very there. overpowering <laughs> it's just bo that's what the smell of warmth is at this point it's just everybody's sweating in their suits because the sun is like super right freaking there. close it's yeah. a lot more tact than brother vance usually has you know you have the scent <laughs> of warmth about you yeah. <laughs> uh, following the discovery by Brother Vance concerning the spire, she was a participant in the Thanatonautics uh, experiments to confirm the initial theories about the response of the spires to the Guardian's death. So she she was doing the let's kill ourselves for experiments thing over and over for them because Thanatonaut and self-res at the time. Because this actually, from what we can tell, there's not really a good timestamp on it, but from what we can tell, this takes place prior to obviously Trials of Osiris back in D1, which means that it's before House of Wolves. If we're going to kind of tag it into any sort of time frame, 
It could be significantly before House of Wolves, or it could be just a slightly before House of Wolves, just kind of like we had the story with Mara developing Blindwell and everything in the Dreaming City being fairly close to the time of the Taking King. And then, yeah, and just a clarification on there, real quick. Thananots do not require self-resurrection. True, but they do require you to die over and over. So Correct. stand yeah. there and take yeah. it. Yeah, I, mean, I was just saying we we have um, the uh, Grimoire card XO. I think it's Ghost Fragment XO two. I think if I remember that one correctly, where it is an XO who is not a warlock who is participating in Thananotic research. Um, and he is basically all it takes is the guardian being able to, or it it, it requires it to be mm. a guardian because the ghost is able to resurrect them. It's a random question. I don't know if you've addressed earlier on other channels, but uh, if you self resed, I wonder if that would alter your results of your Santa Canal. I can't even say it. Your death trials uh, mm-hmm. versus a ghost resing you, right? I mean. Theoretically, it's, they're both the light, but it's a different different approach. That is a it good is, question. That's an excellent question. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that the other thing that gets kind of softly confirmed in the Ghost Fragment card is that ghosts are able to converse with their guardians post-death. Because in the card, the Exo is speaking to his ghost to bring him back, uh, which implies that he is able to communicate even though he is not currently alive. They have some sort of communication. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the next question that we should, I think, kind of address with this is with the, this cast of characters that we have so far, they're, they're brought into Mercury because a good portion of them believe in Osiris's thing, but we don't necessarily get any sort of addressing of what like they're they're there to continue the experiments but at the same time they're mostly there to bother osiris at first until osiris says let's do some experiments and make you guys at least somewhat useful because otherwise you're just going to annoy everybody <laughs> yeah so, he basically he basically is like i gotta go other places and i don't want you following so uh hey look after this place like <laughs> And I also love the card where he, even Osiris calls out the irony of him telling people to leave him alone. Like he's basically (laughs) exiling them and he's like this, the irony is not lost on him that he is kicking them all away from him. Like, I love that. He exiles, exiles. Yeah, he exiles, he exiles the people who exiled themselves because he exiled himself. He's like, uh, I just have that image of Eris doing you're all insufferable, but yeah. from Osiris's like I want an Osiris. View. Yeah, I want Osiris to do it because I think Osiris would be more have a little bit more weight to it than Eris. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you guys are all insufferable. <laughs> so it would be great. Please make this a voice line that we can have in game of just that voice actor being like, you guys are just ridiculous. Leave just me like alone. A, leave like me an alone. anti-party where it's Osiris, Asher, and Eris. Just oh, combining yes. Yes, just the angry, angry, grumpy guardian You party. know that means that Toland would have to be invited. I know. Yeah, I know. true. Because he's <laughs> terrible he at parties. He can be the disco ball. He can be the disco ball. It's fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. The I, music I will, at well. this party is terrible. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so within the story, it is... It, Blue has a few notes on that in particular, which I find that this whole bit in Lighthouse is a little weird as far as the story goes, because you have the opening card, which doesn't necessarily tie into too much besides the location and setting it up. Mm-hmm. And then you have Brother Vance show up, and then it's mostly all taking place on Mercury, with the exception of the one time it is on the reef when Brother Vance is begging Mara for an audience and trying to convince her that his ideas are good and Mara is not having it. Uh, then from there, that was, we mentioned that it's early on before Destiny 1, prior to Destiny 2, when the good chunk of this is happening. Do we have any indication within the book? I couldn't necessarily put anything together as far as how long this is taking place, like the book overarching. We know it's before um, Trials in the beginning, but towards the end, where are we at? To current events. Okay. Yeah, I would I would say it is it is to very current events. If not if not current well, actually no, I would say it is current because the ending is a call out to the latest web lore that we got. Because okay. uh Mara's message to um Osiris. Osiris. Would we say that's a bit of a time jump? I mean Yes, there is there's uh, a couple time jumps within the within the book, like well, just um, yeah. I mean, Brother Vance gets the message from Mara, which presumably takes place, you know, before Taken King, and then he tells Osiris at some point before um, Saint Fourteen starts, and that's the thing is like, yeah. so, but Osiris, see, and that's and that's where I've kind of played ping pong mentally with what's going on because Osiris recognizes what he's talking about, but we are, pr- I'm pretty sure, if I remember this all correctly, I'll, um. Saint Fourteen has not taken over, like, because that was when Osiris told Vance to stop. Like, mm-hmm. he basically told him to back down, and then he, Vance gave him the because it was the weird like one eighty that Osiris did with Vance. He was like reprimanding him, and then Vance gave him the message, and he was like, "Oh, well done," and then leaves, and then Vance is like, "Happy, happy, happy," you know. Um, yeah, and Osiris so, like, wouldn't have understood that if he already hadn't. Yeah, and, but, the then, lore, but then right? in the web lore, he's talking to Rasputin, which takes place after inf- the Infinite Forest, and it's like this weird, like, little bit of convolution there. I think I think your interpretation is right. I think it's you know, uh, it's it's maybe two seasons ago or something like that when when uh, there's there's this whole rotation of of Brother Vance, Osiris, Rasputin, the you know the deep space, the seed. The other convolution that comes up is Marasov doesn't always play by linear time rules oh, either. Right. Oh yeah. Which which is why okay. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna say which is why I don't have a problem with her making the comment in like House of Wolves era is yeah. because I'm like, yeah, whatever, it's Mara. She's never really played by the rules, if you will. A, a random question on this. Has anybody gone back to Mercury and listened to Brother Vance recently? Because someone uh in my community brought up of Brother Vance always talks about, you know, Osiris and wanting to see Osiris and everything. But I'm wondering if some of the dialogue accidentally suggests that he's never met Osiris. Sometimes he sounds like he's never met him. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's excusable. I think you could just say that he 
he even if he's met him once, he needs to meet him again. He's such a fan um, and everything. Right. And I don't I don't think he's actually said, you know, but I do feel like I've heard him say, like, oh, I wonder what it would be like to meet the great Osiris or something. Yeah. And so, I th- oh, man, I'm, I'm curious. I'll have to get I haven't I have not gone back and listened to Vance, um, mm-hmm. but I, I I definitely will look. And yeah, see I think it, I think it'll be I know that there's I know that yeah there's it's easy to read into the whole thing like you were saying uh for sure to to understand it seeming to say that he has never met him because like that's uh what is it the public event where he's like you know the great Osiris you know whatever he never actually comes out and set you're right though he never comes out and says that he hasn't met him but Mm -hmm. it does it does kind of give that impression yeah I think I it's, it's always a go to write prequel or, or fit lore in between other, other things. But I think it, I think in brother Vance's case, it's doubly fine because he seems like the kind of um, fanatic that even if he had met Osiris, he would consider every meeting almost a new opportunity anyway. Right. And I could see, I, I could see that. him both. I could see him both saying something like, uh, of course I've met him. I'm his biggest, you know, supporter or, yeah. I've never met him, but I've supported him all these years despite that, you know, like whatever makes him look better in Osiris's eyes, he'd probably be fine with. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that too. Yeah, definitely. Cause, and, and then there's also the whole thing of Vance probably, he likes talking in like pseudo riddles. <laughs> like he, he'll, he'll, he'll say something. Cause I mean, that's the whole thing with the parables of the allspring and the, uh, what is it? The fractal scrolls and everything. It's like, you know, there's they're all they're all done in um, I don't want to say metaphor, but it's it's like this whole thing, and uh, it's like Terrible. Cyrus comes back, <laughs> Cyrus comes back, and he's like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not what. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, this is this is fact. No, it's truth. <laughs> Indiana Jones reference, you know. <laughs> so. But yeah, no, I, I, I think I can, I can get behind that too. Yeah. Cause that's, that's the other thing is, is like, I find, and, and, you know, it's, it's valid to bring it up with the, the idea of Vance is like perception of a character is really, really powerful. Um, because a lot of people, I, I just find Vance as a, as an example of this, as a rather interesting individual because, um, you know, D1 Vance was like, I wouldn't say he was lauded by the community, but he was definitely res- respected in his in his own way. <laughs> and now in D2, it's like, oh, that, that you know, whiny sycophant, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like... Yeah, I mean, they, they set it up right away. When you go into Curse of Osiris, Ikora calls him, you know, Osiris's biggest fan. And immediately mm-hmm. the tone is set. I do kind of feel bad for Brother Vance just with this whole thing because of everyone just utterly... He put on this front of him being this great whatever. And then everybody discovers that he's just quite the fanboy. So Well, and I think to to a degree he was a very big name within the Disciples of Osiris. Oh, and yeah, so, absolutely. And so but then I think what was funny is like everyone assumed that the Disciples of Osiris were, you know, this this sanctioned grouping by Osiris. And when it came out that actually no wait, the Disciples were these fanatics that even Osiris couldn't put up with. It was like, "Oh, hang on. 
hang on <laughs> guys <laughs> guys hang on <laughs> yeah i mean and it may be a topic for for a deeper episode but um you can your your perception of brother vance can really shift whether you have you know sympathy for him or whether you think everyone's perception of him is justified right because he right, yeah. on one on the one hand he's the you know he's the high school not bully but he's the high school person that nobody likes because nobody likes it just builds and builds mm-hmm. you know if he had a more supporting or nurturing uh you know, team, then maybe he would be liked more. But at the same time, he's watching, uh, you know, happening and he's not, he's not caring at all that, that uh, guardians and ghosts are maybe, you know, about to cheat or go outside the rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, we even talk about, you know, with, with Cheska and things like that. So it's, yeah, my, my opinion on brother Vance definitely goes back and forth. Um, I did find it really interesting that he seems to be the only one, they can hear this music. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, it might might be uh, something to talk about later, but I do like that the way that this is written. Um, there, there's sympathy to go around. You can you can see how some of it might be justified, brother. You know his uh, the way people treat Vance, but at the same time, um, he's not wrong in, in some cases, <laughs> and yeah. he's he's not yeah. being listened to. Perception is a lot of it, and unfortunately. I think that a lot of people, I think that in this, this book in particular does a little bit of redeeming, in my mind, of Brother Vance, because we see the motivations behind him doing what he's doing for the most part. Granted, I don't agree with it, but (laughs) he's not just literally, I wrote so many books on Osiris, I'm the utmost. Like, (laughs) you don't get this obsessive character in that regards, you get... I really look up to this guy and I want to do right by him. And this could be super important information for him. Let's continue this and see if we can figure out how it works, which I guess for a cult and a fanatic that that is flattering. Well, and I think I kind of, I kind of equate this to the same thing that constellations did with the speaker. It Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to agree with what was done. Uh, In fact, you know, like taking that to to uh, about going back to the speaker, like I don't agree with how the speaker handled the situation, but the book constellations and the the expanse of information that we've gotten recently about his relationship with Osiris does clarify things, and so you can see where they're coming from. And again, like you were just saying, you don't have to agree with them. Actually, you know, you can still disagree with them, but at least now we have more information on you know why they made a choice that they did you know it wasn't mm-hmm. just the ha, 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 you know whatever which right. has always been which has always been annoying to me when it comes to vance because it's like it's it's obvious to me that there was more going on but we didn't have we didn't have the exam we didn't have that information and so when people poo poo vance it's like no no that's not quite how it you know that's People don't operate that yeah. way, and it's when you yeah. have like a two D character. That's why that's why two D characters annoy me. Is because it's like ah, oh, <laughs> it's it's not that's yeah. not uh, you know kind of what you uh, you guys were talking about at the very beginning of the show about the the lore and you know the humanization of things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's where like that's why I actually really do like this particular book, and I know. We'll probably we're probably pushing up against the end of the intro session, so um, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I think that would probably be my concluding remark for for the intro session. Definitely, there. That is definitely. I think we've gotten a pretty basic overview of what happens in this book for the intro session. We've got an introduction to the characters. Um, Brother Vance discovers he hears a tone and he wants to experiment to figure out what's going on with it. The tone was developed, or the tone was heard at the death of the warlock. The warlock name, uh, Liana, mm-hmm. and you have his continued experiments to try to figure out what's going on. He goes to Mara. Mara does grant him stay at Vestian Outpost. We know because that's where Brother Vance hosted it, and there is a line from Sister Feora back in D one about how the trials are being hosted out there in some ways not necessarily in fear of the tower, but because the tower may not sanction them. So it is a, a black market tournament in some respects, but we get more explanations about why that is the case in this book, as well as more theories to come from it, which I'm, I'm sure we're going to dive into a little bit more in the advanced episode. But Brother Vance does his thing. Osiris talks to him. Brother Vance is... the thi- Okay, here's slight beef. Before we close out the episode, Brother Vance talks all the time about having not met Osiris or being excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got it. Yeah, that's what yeah. we were talking about. It's like, but I think uh, that's that's part of the thing is like I need to go back and re-listen to some of those lines because I don't know if that's actually what's said or if that's the message that we've picked up on the interpretation. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we were we were saying that before as you were stepping gotcha. out the uh, the. The trouble with with Vance is he sometimes speaks in riddles. Mm-hmm. He exaggerates if it makes him look good. And his his idolatry, is, I think it's so grand that, you know, if Osiris visited him every day, he would still treat it as a joyous and novel event. So it's hard to tell. I, I definitely, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to go back to Mercury now and just see uh, if there's any definite voice lines or if we've just been you know, interpreting. collectively interpreting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At some point. some. Okay. So I don't have a whole lot else to talk about with it. It's a pretty straightforward as far as the storyline in this goes, but there's a lot of tidbits to dive into once we get into advance. Uh, Kaz, do you have any final thoughts on this book for the intro episode? Uh, no, I, like I said, I think it just, uh, it's great to know more of, trials came from what the motivation was uh to learn more about vance and to set more things up with osiris so i mean this hints in the past and some things yet to come and i'm excited for that yeah with the different things that have been released recently i'm pretty excited to see where they take the story because we we were talking about this a little bit early 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 on in the episode about how titan theoretically could be a, a location removed but with the Kraken Mar book and all the information we got about Titan and the ghost being a Zavala's ghost worry call out that we got during the, I think it was the unlocking of the IO the, that we saw that one. Yeah, yeah the IO mm-hmm. bunker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all these different things are coming to a head and it makes me excited to where the story is going to go in game if we end up going that direction at all, like I really hope they start not necessarily tying up the loose ends that they've set out, but at least giving us a tiny bit more 
of on this trail to follow because we have breadcrumbs. We just don't know where the breadcrumbs are leading so far. Too many. Yeah, we we want we we don't want another put the story on the shelf for another year. I mean, some conclusions can be put off, but the awoken people. <clears throat> yeah. So hopefully I agree. I, I really, they've been doing a good job of lore, web lore, in-game elements. Uh, I really want to see this story, even if this story ends up becoming a, a side plot to the overarching Awoken people plot, it still feeds into it, right? You, sure. uh, you know more about the characters and their motivations and the, and the, the powers of the light and darkness. So I, I do hope that this is going somewhere and not just kind of an interesting side story that we pick up on. Absolutely. So blue, do we have some shout outs? Uh, I will defer to Kaz as guest for any intro shout outs that we, that he has. Uh, just a question of format. Is this for, you know, uh, ourselves, people in the community? What's, what's the typical, uh, either, either or, uh, give it. Give um, us a reminder. Give us. Well, yeah. Give us a reminder sure. of where we can find you, and then yeah, give us. Uh, yeah. So any, any shout out to anybody things. out there. Great. Uh, two things for me: Kaz underscore PhD on Twitch. All my links can be found there. Uh, if you don't like catching things live, I'm on YouTube. It's called Embrace Destiny. I'll talk about lore, mechanics of the game, stuff like that. Nice. But yeah, come come uh, hang out. Other shout outs. My fiance, she's within arm's reach, so I better say something nice, or she'll uh, she'll put <laughs> her you. Animal Crossing down and come get me. <laughs> yep, um, that's, but, that's uh, how you know you got a good one. Is, the other is the uh, the um, direct relief and the community that's been donating. I've been watching the uh, the charity uh, build. You know, over the last two weeks, they've raised almost six hundred thousand dollars for mm-hmm. direct relief. So everybody who is able to um, to donate. Thank you very much. If you're not able to donate, that's completely understandable. But maybe find that link, copy it, share it around. Uh, you never know who there may be people out there who want to help. And the only form that they can is a donation. So just a shout out to everybody who's been uh, leading that effort for the past couple of weeks. Definitely. Green, what about you? Uh, my shout out is primarily going to go to the writers of the stories that we've we've been getting lately and the exciting news of certain writers coming back and the possibility of of their their stories being continued because of i know jill's coming back i have both z is er, coming back too z is yeah so the stories Mm -hmm. that a z wrote z wrote some amazing coded cards like she's Mm -hmm. she's all She's got some really, really good uh, skills when it comes to encoding and not necessarily subterfuge, but she does have a little bit of subterfuge in her writing, which I like. And then you have Jill, which I am a little trepid, a little bit of trepidation because I love you, Jill, but (laughs) no more countless stories, please. (laughs) I do not, I do not want any more shadow stories like that, like that. I love you. But the they're drifter. great. They're oh my god. <laughs> I watched Guardians of Lore, just a shout out to them by the way. I watched them record their episode on the Opulence Armor yesterday and <laughs> I <sighs> Is it is it really weird that as I was reading the one about uh Zavala, I happened to be eating the same things that Zavala eats? <laughs> right? It's like chicken nuggets and root beer. 
I do <laughs> like the fact that chicken nuggets were brought into lore. Like that is a legit food group in this in the just, mind of Callus. Just, just remember that Callus likes his sweet meats. Oh god. <laughs> just the uh, just the loving cringe from my end of just like okay. <laughs> Shout out to you writers. Yeah, I mean the lore is already mysterious enough we don't need fan fiction added oh i i do the lore (laughs) let me let me like qualify this i actually i love and enjoy that that is the absurdity of which callus lives i love that he's (laughs) such a egomaniac that that is where his head is and that the people around him have to build him up in such a way and i do feel like that could be applied as a how to say this tactfully without pissing off a lot of people. It could be applied tactfully in the lives and the things that we see in certain characters in history. The mm-hmm. oh yeah, the ego, egomania mm-hmm. and the fact that you have propaganda applied. I do. I love the lore. It does give me a headache just because <sighs> it's so absurd. <clears throat> and so, it, not everything has to be serious, but it gives me a headache in so much as it's like. What were you on, Jill? I want to know what you were taking when you wrote it that. Was her, it was her catharsis. Yeah. It's was her, the, I'm it going to kill every, all <laughs> your characters are mine, is what yeah, that, was. that was. It's just like. Wasn't that what John said? Was yeah. He was like, yeah, that was her going away was, present. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my shout outs. Blue, your turn. Uh, just a big shout out to everyone who has been patient with us while we kind of figure out all the scheduling differences and everything. Um, and also everyone who has been willing to chip in with the quote project that I've been working on with the site. It's really appreciated. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't have been able to get through a lot of it without some of the feedback that we've gotten, uh, especially from Orchid and Pins. They have been instrumental in trying to help uh, organize and lay out some stuff. Uh, and then, oh yeah. And also Mochi Lama, uh, she's been doing some really big help behind the scenes with the way that the site structure works and the coding and stuff like that. So big shout out to the team there. Um, and the willingness to, to put up with me messaging at very random hours, um, asking for feedback. am. Oh yeah, well no, it's been it's been worse than that. Like it's it's uh they they've been very patient and very very helpful for both for all of that. So um just again a big shout out for that and then also again for everyone just putting up with hopefully we'll be getting back on a more consistent schedule. Um I know for at least the next 3 weeks we will. Uh so hopefully we can keep that going. But yeah, uh, that's all I got. So just uh, wanted to thank everyone for taking some time out of their day and remind everyone that with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep on exploring. Bye. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright.